0: Hi, gorgeous creatures. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense.
1: No. because even this little... Nat flying around my head can't make sense of things right now. Well,
0: especially now with you swatting it.
1: <laughs> Why is there a gnat? Because it's gnat season. Oh, it's gnat season. Yeah. Once again.
0: Every time I like walk up in the canyon, I'm reminded that like each month has its own feature. Like February is like lizard month and March <laughs> is like white flower month and April is weeds growing crazy month and May is gnat month.
1: Yeah, though it's also like, I mean, wildflowers are going crazy up there right now. I just did a quick little loop up there, and it was gorgeous.
0: You did? Yeah.
1: When? Right now. I mean, like an hour and a half ago, two hours ago. You went up into the canyon? I did. And there were like, you know, those yellow flowers that are growing? They're yeah. like having another...
0: A second coming yeah, of the yellow flowers? Yeah, having a second
1: coming. Wow. It's really beautiful.
0: Well, it's a retrograde. They're doing it again.
1: I also stumbled upon two lizards humping. Oh, cute. Yeah,
0: right in the path. I love lizard sex. (laughs) I thought lizard month had passed. I know, but I mean, they're always here. I mean, getting it on. Should we introduce ourselves?
1: Sure. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's a good segue. Well, we're two lizards, but we're not having sex right now.
1: Not at the moment. I'm Angel Lopez. I am a writer and a film producer. I am also an astrologer, a teacher... Of metaphysical business, a queeler healer, dealer a leader, a dog dad, and your husband.
0: These are all true things. And who are you? I'm Brandon Alter. I am a queer spiritual healer. I am a tarot reader and an astrologer. I'm also a teacher of these modalities. Uh, I am a writer and a performer and all of the other things that you said. And a nudist... I'm not really a nudist.
1: I mean you're doing this podcast in the nude right that now. That is not I'm true. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just thought it'd be lie. a fun thing to present to the audience.
0: No, man. It get you keep it too cold in this house for me to be a nudist. You could like be a nudist who like wears a shroud. Well then no, that's not a nudist. You're only a nudist if you're if you're unclothed.
1: But if you're like a nude what if you're nude but you just have a like a cape over you then you're pretty much being seen, but you do have something over you.
0: Well, then you're just some of the ones to like show your genitalia, but not have your shoulders cold. Oh, I don't isn't that just a like nudist.
1: a isn't that just like a nudist with a chill?
0: Maybe. I was talking with a friend today about naked yoga, which I think is a thing. You know, people like naked yoga, and I was just thinking, I don't think I would enjoy naked yoga. Like, I want myself, like, I want my genitalia, especially like protected when I'm doing yoga. Like, I don't want it flopping around. That doesn't seem pleasant.
1: No. I think for me, if I'm just in a room of people and renewed, I just, we're going to have sex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I would never let that happen.
1: (laughs) I'd be like, so is the sex starting now? And they're like, no, sir, this is a yoga class.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. But we're naked. So
1: why else am I here naked? So, yeah, naked yoga, not for me.
0: Yeah, I am not here for naked yoga, but I am here for just yoga yoga, which I got to teach this last weekend when we were on our first ever Spiritual Gaze Cosmic Healing Retreat, and I remembered how much I love teaching yoga.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you did it how many times? Three times.
0: Yeah, three mornings, three mornings in a row, which I don't think I'll do again in the future. <laughs> but it was great. And I will say it really grounded me for the days to have gotten my practice, as well as letting other people have their practice, too.
1: Right. Um, So yeah, we did it, y'all. We led our first Cosmic Healing Retreat, uh, this one in Joshua Tree, and um, it was a Friday to Monday, and we had uh, 14 amazing participants. Yes,
0: we did. They were incredible. We kind of want to shout them out, (laughs) but we won't. But just know... We miss you and we love you. You know who you are. You're part of our family. Seriously. You're the inner spiritual gay circle.
1: Yeah. It was amazing because a lot of you who are there um, have been in uh, most of our virtual circles or a bunch of our virtual circles. And so it was so amazing to just get to hug you and spend time with you and honestly just like really get to know people. Like we hadn't, I feel like, gotten to know people on like a real direct level i mean you know you're teaching classes but everyone's like in their little you know virtual windows and even when we're like in a astro club which is maybe the most interactive space that we have you know it still isn't like that direct dialogue where you know we were able to like sit and share meals with each other and really kind of like talk and it was just so beautiful and in a way it wasn't like long enough, you know? Like, I felt like we didn't get enough kind of just, like, chill time with people to actually get to really talk, because we, we really jam-packed it with a lot of, like, fun, what seemed as fun exercises <laughs> for everyone to participate in. No, they were fun. Yeah, just were, cause I people, had fun.
0: Just because people cry doesn't mean they're not having fun. Right. You know, it's it's part of healing. Yeah. Um.
1: So we are just deeply grateful for everyone who did choose to come out, and... um. To share their vulnerable selves with us. It was beautiful.
0: Yeah, it definitely exceeded expectations. Like, I knew we were going to deliver an amazing retreat, but it really kind of blew my mind. The space that we were able to create, the food, of course, which was so delicious and so nourishing. Yeah, we can't shout out Michelle. Oh, Michelle, you genius. But even in the brief period of time from Friday afternoon to Monday lunchtime, I felt like we existed outside of time oh completely like it wasn't just that we jammed so much into the time it was that things were able to happen at an accelerated rate and from where we all started from the beginning to the end it was like a mini lifetime totally and we all became such a family it was so sad to have to disband the family yeah it felt weird yeah for sure
1: to have to say goodbye to everyone.
0: And you know my Aquarius ass just loves communal living, so it just made me so happy to like wake up in the morning and pour myself a cup of coffee and just like see people and be chatting in the kitchen. And yes, I full on caffeine relapsed the whole weekend, and I don't regret it. <laughs> I'm actually still on my caffeine relapse right now, so I gotta pull it. I gotta pull it back. It takes time. I
1: know it's not easy, but uh, no, I you know as someone who was not interested in a communal living lifestyle i uh, i also did really enjoy it like i did just kind of waking up and enjoy waking up and seeing people and being like hey what's up and i think if anything i just really missed deep connection with people i don't feel like i get that a lot of the time with even my friends and so to have this expedited closeness with some just amazing folks. It um yeah. It was really profound. Do you have one great lesson or memory
0: hmm. to share? I mean, I have so many great lessons and so many great memories, but I think the one that is the most visceral is when we were leading that first breathwork because we've been hosting these virtual breathwork circles for like two years now. And with the exception of a couple of one-on-one clients, I haven't been able to hold space for in-person breath work. And so to get to come back into that space and to get to do it with you and to be able to like, look at you and look at everybody. And just like, I just felt like they were like my like sweet little babies, like all my sweet children that were like showing up with their courageous, brave hearts and willing to transform and be vulnerable and laugh and to also just watch how the energy moves in the space. Um, it was just so thrilling for me and it was such a reminder. So I think that's my that's my memory. And you?
1: Um, yeah, I think, well, that was pretty amazing. Um, just getting to do breathwork in person with everyone was, I don't know, it felt like a coming home in a way.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: But yeah, I mean, there were so many there were many, um, there were many great experiences. You know, like we had this great, um, just creative share time that was so lovely and fun and funny, and followed by a dance party. That was probably like <laughs> just like a really enjoyable time for me. I enjoyed totally. it a lot.
0: This is so like the difference between you and me. You know, you're like my favorite time is like the dance party, and my favorite time is like when everybody was crying during right. breath work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but
1: I think for me, like the lesson just like stems around the, just the humility that I tried to, well, that I didn't try to, I just stepped into and how necessary that is in that type of environment. Like here we were guiding people through a lot of exercises and experiences that did create like really emotional responses and recognizing the responsibility that we had to hold that space like it was it felt like i had no choice but to just be really humble in how i approached that and yeah and just how much uh i needed to be like in right relationship with everyone and their needs and uh, I was really proud of myself that I was able to do that, to be honest. Um, I felt like I was able to be present for everyone in their own specific ways and for myself. Like, I showed up for myself in a really great way, too, I feel like, for the most part.
0: Yeah, you did. You really, I think everyone did. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone who came out, whether it was conscious or unconscious, came out wanting to embody like the next step in their evolution including the two of us yeah and yeah it is really humble making to do this sort of work i took a spirit trip right before the retreat to get some advice and one of the biggest pieces of advice i got from the spirits was like you are not here to meddle or like enforce your will or to try to like guide people along like not even guide like your job is just to like hold the space. And literally they said, sit in the heat and let them eat. And I think they meant that in like multiple ways, but it was like, all I was there to do was just be the calm and let everything else happen. Yeah. Sometimes things did get uncomfortable, which is what happens in healing spaces. And I think it was our job to like be comfortable in the uncomfortable stuff so that other people could transform as they needed to. Totally. But I totally felt, I was like, yeah, we're like fucking built to do this shit for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I felt uh, it was uh, both effortful and effortless. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I look forward to doing more. We may have another in the fall. We're uh, working on that currently. But we'll definitely do another one in Joshua Tree next year. For, for sure. sure.
0: Yeah, the plan is to like do May in Joshua Tree from here on out. And then in the fall, who knows what we might be cooking? Yeah.
1: So um so but we'll she'll see. be the first to know. Yeah. We'll see. But um anyhow if you've ever been on a retreat or even just retreated yourself in some way, you know, just kind of coming back to it is a little challenging. And, um, so take it slow. Those of you who were there hope you've been taking it slow. And for those of you who have done that for yourselves in some other way, obviously always important to take it slow, even coming out of a meditation, you know, <laughs> reemerging into life. Um, you know, you have to kind of slowly integrate yourself. So, um, Especially in these intense times that we have,
0: yeah. And speaking of intense times, our deep dive today is going to be all about Jupiter and Aries because that's a really big astrological shift that just happened, and it only happens every twelve years or so. So we just wanted to really do our due diligence and explore what those cosmic energies are. But before that, I think it's time for this episode's dose, dose of reality. Of reality.
1: Yeah. So we just wanted to do something a little fun. Yeah. Why the fuck not? We're actually recording this pretty much in the midst of the Scorpio full moon eclipse. (laughs) Yeah. We're fools. We shouldn't be doing this.
0: There's also Mercury retrograde. So we are just praying to the goddess and the spirit of technology that this all works.
1: But look, we are doing our work, right? Like, You know, not, I I know this is supposed to be a dose of reality, but like, where is this eclipse happening for you again?
0: Oh, it's happening conjunct my Saturn.
1: Wow. So we're working.
0: Yeah, I sure am. So there you go. And what about for you? For
1: me, it's happening in my first house, pretty much smack dab in between my Ascendant and my Jupiter. Oh, wow. So we are literally just Saturn and Jupiter today. Yes, we are. <laughs> like we always joke
0: about. I mean, I'm very much Saturn today. I just spent the last like three hours doing research for the deep dive that we're going to take. And I was like, this is my freaking Saturn.
1: Right. And I was Jupiter because I went skipping through the, the hills. Yeah. Checking out <laughs> sex. flowers, watching lizards have sex. No, I actually did a bunch of work and I worked out. In any event, a dose of reality. Dose of reality. Let's just, I mean... The Ladies of Beverly Hills are back, led by, I mean, the Supreme Capricorn Queen.
0: Kyle Richards. Kyle
1: Richards. Season 12.
0: I mean, it's unbelievable.
1: I mean, she is here to stay.
0: And she has really made this franchise work for her.
1: I mean, honestly, good for her. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, we all thought LVP was going to be, like, the Supreme Diva. Yeah. And Kyle's...
0: No, she's the warhorse.
1: yeah. And we all thought that uh, LVP was the sniper from the side. Boy, was Erica wrong. It was Kyle Richards alone.
0: (laughs) She's like, I "I will pick them off, including my own sister. Oh, I don't think think that's Kyle's way. I mean, I think Kyle certainly stands center stage and nobody's going to push her out of the spotlight. But I think Kyle is also very sensitive and compassionate for a Capricorn. And she does care pretty deeply about these relationships. Oh, yeah. No, I was joking. But yes, I agree. I mean, like, she's very much Capricorn in that, like, she is is status-obsessed, and she loves expensive things. But she really leans into that cancer polarity. And you can tell, even in this first episode, the way that she was so emotionally shaken by what happened to Dorit, who was the victim of a home invasion and held at gunpoint. And it was a very troubling way to start the season, for sure. To see the way that Kyle shows up for her friends, it's and that's also Capricorn too, which is loyalty, right? Like once you're in a Capricorn's court, you really have to work hard to get booted out of there.
1: Oh, for sure. Now, speaking of the whole Dorit Fiasco, a lot of the Housewives Twitter sphere was going crazy about the whole, was it stage situation i definitely don't think it was but there was a lot of talk too around the fact that she then like went to film a scene that night for her show just people really like questioning that what do you what do you think of that
0: wait the fact that she went over to kyle's house the same day that this that 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 it happened
1: yeah, like, literally the the evening it happened and was, like,
0: reunited with her husband, like, for the show. I mean, look, I think that was real. I think you could tell, like, goddess love Dorit, but she's not a great actress. She really showed the heart of somebody who is in shock from a significant trauma. At least that was my thought. And she also knows that she's a real housewife of Beverly Hills. And this is like the number one thing she has going for her. So she's going to show up and she's going to do her job. And she knows that part of her job is to be vulnerable and let people into her life. For sure. But I also think she was in shock. So I think it just made sense for her to go and do that. Honestly, like after a trauma like that, I understand that the last thing you want to do is like be alone. To go and be with your friends and be on camera like it almost distracts you even though all you're doing is talking about it. Like I can understand why she was like, "No, I'm just going to keep moving forwards to try to not give it power over her."
1: Yeah, or even just as an avoidance mechanism. Like Totally. I think a lot of people experience some sort of trauma and immediate they're like I just want to go back to work you know like exactly. they're like yeah they're like I could sit at home or I could like go back to work and just dive in now i don't think that's necessarily the best but again everyone's different so who am i to judge
0: how yeah. people respond but um But also, like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? Like, if you don't show up and film these scenes, then you're accused of, like, not revealing your life and being, like, withholding. And then if you do show up, you're being accused of, like, faking stuff. It's very strange. Like, there was no way for Dorit to win that one.
1: No. I mean, I think eventually she was going to film. I saw why people thought it was odd that she did it literally less than 24 hours from the experience. I understood that. But... But again, I also understand why she was compelled to do it. I don't know how I would respond in that situation.
0: Well, I think if you're used to living your life on camera, as PK and Dorit obviously are, then I don't think it's that big of a jump to just keep living your life on camera, whether it's the highs or the lows.
1: Would you really want to live your life on camera?
0: No, I would not want to live my life on camera.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Did I say I did?
1: No, well, we've always joked about having a spiritual gaze reality show.
0: Yeah, I'd love to have a spiritual gaze reality show, but it would be like a self-help spiritual gaze reality show, like where we like help people better their lives through, you know, body, mind, heart, and soul practices. And there's like little snippets of our life, but it's not a show that's like about our day-to-day life. So we get to control it a little bit more. I'd be okay with that.
1: But they could be following us into like our transition into a nudist lifestyle.
0: Which is fine because I look great nude on camera. So that could be interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, it's like naked and afraid meets queer eye. Right? Oh my goddess. Please do not put that out in
1: the universe, okay? <laughs> that is not happening. I do not want to be naked on camera. Um, all right. So that's going on. Um As we're recording this, there's only been one episode, but we are... What an episode it was. I mean, it wasn't
0: the, like, fun, frothy Beverly Hills that we're used to. Like, it started, like, pretty heavy and full of pathos. I mean, literally, it starts with, like, the ring footage from the break-in.
1: But we're gonna get a crazy season, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be great.
1: And our kind of secret, not-so-secret favorite unscripted show is back, The Circle the fucking
0: circle everybody it's an
1: addiction y'all i
0: can't <laughs> get enough of it
1: brandon was like shouting to me like does it come back like wednesdays at like mi- or tuesdays at midnight I was like, because I was like, it comes out on Wednesdays. But is that Tuesdays at midnight? I was like, I am not watching that show
0: on a Tuesday at midnight. Well, then, you know, catch up because I will be. (laughs) I got to know what happens. Like, is it Mama Carol or is it... All right, no spoilers here. No no spoilers. spoilers. Just get into the circle, everybody. You will just eat it (laughs) like candy and... Spoiler alert, the Spice Girls show up. Well, two of the Spice Girls, you've got Emma Bunton and Mel B. That happens very early on. I mean, it's so fun. And it really is such an interesting meditation on social media, what makes connection real, vulnerability, and the game called life.
1: Yeah, it's essentially just this social media experiment where people are projecting, you know, versions of themselves through profiles with... With other people, they're all living in this, like, what looks like a hotel, and um, they're all interacting with each other, but not an actual person.
0: Right. So you and, don't know who's a catfish. Yeah.
1: Some people are catfishing as other, you know, created profiles. And exactly. some people are playing as themselves. And it, it And they're all, of course, trying to win money. But it
0: is, it's really addicting. Yeah. It's a great show. Yeah. It's really well made, and it's just so easy. Yeah. And I love it. I know. There's still the
1: other like ones from like Brazil. Oh yeah. Aren't there other countries? Oh yeah.
0: France and all over the place.
1: Didn't we weren't we told the Brazil one was worth a watch? I mean I would watch them all. It feels so fast paced though. That's a lot of reading in Portuguese. Yeah. Well you get the subtitles. No, but I know, but just Portuguese moves fast. It does, that's true. That could be strenuous.
0: But it's so funny. Like whenever I open like our spiritual circles, you know, like I talk about like opening the circle for breath work or for the spirit world circle, or when we open the circle for the retreat, and now I just can't help but also think about <laughs> think of the, circle. the circle. Yeah. It's so stupid.
1: I always think too of just like how it is like, you know, like a Zodiac wheel, you know, I'm always thinking of the circle in that regard. And I wish they would do some sort of astrological version of it. I just, I don't know what that is, but even if you just like had 12 people in there, each representing a sign and how that would work, I think that would be really interesting.
0: Yeah, that'd be amazing. To me, it feels like the wheel of fortune as well. Mm, Yeah. Because the circle just keeps spinning. That circle, she never stops.
1: No, she don't. Uh, And we won't stop watching it. But... We are going to stop talking about it now. Yeah. But
0: I, I we also just say Real Housewives of Atlanta are back. Yes, Marlo Charay. finally has a peach. Sheree is back. It's juicy. We'll give Atlanta their due next time we tap into a dose of reality.
1: All right. But now it's time to uh, get into uh, this episode's Deep Dive.
0: All right, kitty cats. So we have a very educational episode here, because we want to help you understand what is the true nature of Jupiter in Aries. And the good news is that Jupiter is in Aries about every 12 years. So one way to understand what's about to be coming to us is to look back at what's been brought to us. So... We are going to go back in 12 year cycles and look at what are some Jupiter and Aries themes that have shown up going all the way back to 1939, if you can believe it. But before that, I thought maybe it would just be useful to take a moment and just talk about Jupiter again, because some of you all might be like, "Okay, right. So it's a really big planet and it's got the red spot. But what does that signify in astrology? So one way to understand Jupiter is to understand the two signs that Jupiter rules. Sagittarius and Pisces. And Sagittarius is like the open sky. It's about seeking truth and adventure. And Pisces is the vast depths, and it's about spirituality and creativity. And so Jupiter really wants to help us expand. Jupiter is kind of like this lucky star planet. It brings blessings and abundance and is essentially like the watering can. So Jupiter will water and then grow whatever it comes into contact with. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's challenging. But Jupiter is here to blow things up.
1: Yeah, and just hearing you talk about the two signs too, the words that come to mind for me are belief And faith, because Sagittarius is very much about belief, what we do believe, what our beliefs are. Mm. But Pisces is about faith. And I feel like in order to have faith, you need to have beliefs first. Totally. You know, you have to have something to believe in, in order to hold faith. Um, So I feel like Jupiter is very much about us um, expanding into our beliefs in order to find faith. And I think that's why it's also always associated with optimism. Because mm-hmm. it asks you to place, opti- you know, os- optimistic belief. Um, you know, or just in general, belief and faith are very optimistic things to to have.
0: Yeah. And I think looking at both Pisces and Sagittarius as mutable signs, meaning that they are signs that exist between seasons, and they're very adaptable, speaks to how Jupiter wants to expand spherically, like in all directions, and also getting an understanding that Jupiter really likes to either be in a fire sign or a water sign. Because if you think about what's easily expandable, fire and water, whereas Earth is a little harder to expand, and air is very diffuse, it's hard to expand it without kind of losing the thread, So when Jupiter moves into Aries, we know that Jupiter likes to be in a fire sign. So
1: here we have Jupiter and Aries, you know, so we know about Aries being the I am sign,
0: right? Yeah, it's the sign of the self and it's like most natural, unrestrained, unedited state.
1: Yeah, it's really concerned with like our identity and how we assert our identity so when you have Jupiter moving into that sign, it's very much about an expansion of identity expansion of um, initiation totally because you know? Aries is the first the beginning So we get a lot of big beginnings energy but of course you know depending on the state of culture or society that doesn't always come um, easy or or even positively because it just because it's Jupiter
0: yeah. I mean, Aries is impulsive. Aries is very sincere. It's the first sign of the Zodiac. So it's in some ways like childlike, both in the high vibe, you know, like a sense of enthusiasm and wonder and that sense that anything can be done because you haven't learned fear or limitations yet. And then also maybe like a little petulant, a little uh, self-absorbed in the way that, you know, a childish person can be.
1: And Aries is ready to fight Mm -hmm. and fuck yeah like it really like just wants that impulse to be satisfied whatever that impulse is
0: it wants to get it on it wants to just get on with it and just do it like it doesn't want to have to explain it or think about it it is instinctual and impulsive and ready to lead the charge
1: yeah and sometimes that comes with like a full-on
0: war yeah but what's also underneath all of this is confidence. Aries is a very confident sign. So Jupiter and Aries gives us confidence in whatever part of our chart that Aries inhabits. And so even if you've been feeling a little doubtful of late with Jupiter and Pisces, which can be a little wallow in our feelings, Jupiter and Aries gives you the self-assurance that you need to start making some moves and getting things done. Yeah, And I think we can see that just in our society. COVID still exists. We're still wearing our masks in places. But you can see how a lot of people are just wanting to, like, get on with it. Yeah. And in some ways, you know, we had a retreat. Like, we're getting on with it, too. But also being aware that just because you want to get on with something doesn't necessarily mean that something's over. And Jupiter is going to go back into Pisces at the end of this year for about a month and a half. It goes back into Pisces at the end of October, and then we'll move back into Aries at the very end of December. So we're getting this first act of Jupiter and Aries, and then we're going to move back into Pisces to kind of clean up whatever has to be cleaned up in the spiritual soup, and then we'll move forwards with Aries in um, December of 2022, all the way until May 17th of 2023.
1: I think what could be fun um, is for us to also just kind of talk about Jupiter and Aries through the houses for people but let's get into some of these cycles right like because jupiter moves into aries every 12-ish years so every 12 years we can kind of track back um through history and get a sense of how it was expressing Uh, but then you can also go through your own life And do the same. Uh, We did an episode on Jupiter cycles a while back. So um, if you missed that, you can go back and listen to that and then apply it specifically to the Aries. But we'll also talk. um, we'll, We'll quickly take Jupiter through the signs or through the houses later.
0: Yeah. At the end of this episode, we'll do a rapid fire Jupiter through the houses so that you can kind of apply it to your own life. But Mama Saturn over here sat down and went through all of the top headlines for these years when Jupiter was in Aries, and I just plucked out things that felt very Jupiter and Aries. All
1: right, well, give it to us.
0: All right, so we're going to start with Jupiter and Aries from May 11th, 1939 through May 16th, 1940. There was a period from October to December when it retrograded back into Pisces, so anything that happened during those months I did not include. But World War II began on September 1st, 1939. And I was like, well, that's pretty on the nose. Oh, yeah. Right? It's it's a world war. It's a big war. And, you know, Aries is ruled by Mars, which is the warrior planet. Also, NBC officially began regularly scheduled television broadcasts in New York on April 30th, 1939, which coincided with the opening of the 1939 New York World's Fair which I thought was really interesting, that this thrust of identity, which is TV, I mean, here we are talking about the housewives, and it really began when Jupiter was in Aries. I mean, there were broadcasts happening, but for like a big network like NBC to kind of promote its identity through the New York World's Fair, I was just like, oh, that feels very Jupiter and Aries.
1: Well, especially if you think about just the two signs, right? Pisces and Sag. The World's Fair was very much about like celebrating like culture and, you know, things of that nature. And so here you have that, Sag represented, and then through a very Piscean... Medium,
0: like film. Medium. Yeah, totally. And then also Gone with the Wind premiered in January 17th, 1940, which was just like, you know, such a huge cinematic moment for the world but i just couldn't help but think about like scarlett o'hara as such an aries figure as god is my witness i will never go hungry again right like it's so aries like the assertion of self and the, i'm going to take care of myself
1: right didn't she have like
0: a big red dress she made it out of the curtains
1: i never saw a gone with the wind
0: well you should
1: isn't it problematic well, yes, it is
0: problematic in the but same for way cinema that, history. In I the same watch. way that mother in law or monster in law is problematic, and you made me watch that last <laughs> night, okay? So <laughs> nothing survives the test of time. But there's I think still things of value. And you know, it's a very long film, but it also was one of the highest grossing films of all time. So I don't know. There's there's something to be said for Gone with the Wind. But yes, there is there's some very racially insensitive there's racism throughout. You know? Yeah. Which you're gonna see, you know, if you watch TV from the fucking 80s. You're gonna if you watch TV today, you know, so I don't know. Got Not it. in murder, she wrote. That's true. Jessica Fletcher was a
1: legend. And also a Libra. So that's oh. why. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I haven't watched enough of it. There's probably some racist well, There actually is. I think now that I'm thinking about yeah. it, i watched an episode and I was like, yeah. oh, Ooh. that's real uncomfortable. Ooh. And like some homophobic stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, and real misogyny. Well, she's still a legend. Right,
0: so okay, so then we move to April 21st, 1951, to April 28th, 1952. And the next couple of Jupiter periods, there was no retrograde out of sign, which I thought was really interesting. So there was no break, right? Like we're going to get a break here, right? Because Jupiter is going to be in Aries until like October 29th, and then it's going to leave Aries for a bit, give us a breather, and then move back. But these next couple cycles, it got into Aries, and it stayed in Aries until it left, and it didn't come back. So a couple of things that happened in this period, which made sense in terms of like, Aries Energy, is that on December 20th, 1951, uh, EBR-1 became the first power plant to produce usable electricity through atomic fission, meaning that it was the first nuclear power plant that was built by the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission. So I was like, that feels pretty, Aries. Like, that's cardinal fire right there. Also, going back to the television uh, thread... That in June of 1951, CBS made history by presenting an hour long program that was in color for the very first time. Mm. So I was like, oh, wow, that's very Jupiter and Aries like, all of a sudden the world is in color. So people got to see Lucille Ball's hair was actually red after hearing about it being red for so long.
1: Again, so Aries.
0: So Aries. And then this is like kind of stupid, but I thought it was very Aries as well, which is that disc jockey Alan Freed uses the term rock and roll for the very first time. So the term rock and roll, which is like so fucking Aries, right, is coined when Jupiter is in Aries. Oh, okay. Okay, then we move to April 3rd, 1963 through April 12th, 1964. And I just want to say, y'all know we're not historians. So obviously, I'm sure we're missing some pretty big things. But as I went through the headlines, these were the things that I pulled out. So if you can think of things that happened in these timelines that feel very Jupiter and Aries, please let us know. However, the Kennedy assassination, that was during Jupiter and Aries. And I saw that and I went, that feels very Jupiter and Aries because Aries is also guns and and weapons. Yeah. So, and it was the first time that we had a president assassinated on... On television. Yeah. So pretty, pretty intense. And again, like identity, you know, like he was such a beloved president and was kind of like the identity of the country based on his own personal identity. Also an actor, too. Right. So, again, going back to this television theme.
1: Kennedy was an actor. I think he was an actor. Oh, that I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, like he like I don't think was very successful, but I think he started doing some was doing some acting. Oh, wow. I could be wrong. People are maybe screaming at the (laughs) That I don't know. Moving on. See, this is Aries. Confident, but maybe not fully informed. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, And also, so, you know, also when I was looking through headlines, I was looking for a lot of like firsts because Aries is first. So I was like, okay, when Jupiter's in Aries, we're going to see a lot of things for the first time. So we saw that zip codes were introduced for the very first time during this period. Can you believe that there weren't zip codes before 1963?
1: So did somebody have the zip
0: code one? I don't know if that's true. Um, They're all like, Los Angeles, California. One maybe, but again, if we're thinking about asserting personal identity, a zip code does that. Yeah, because you have all of this land, and then you figure out, okay, well, this is this, this is this, you know, it's all about zoning. Right. So then we move forwards another twelve years to March eighteenth, nineteen seventy-five, through March twenty-sixth, nineteen seventy-six. Again, didn't leave Aries once it got in. So we have the end of the vietnam war so i thought that was interesting just to notice that jupiter and aries can begin wars and also end them Mm -hmm. going back to television it was october 11th 1975 when saturday night live premiered for the very first time so that's interesting to think of saturday night live as a jupiter and aries creation which makes sense because you think
1: about it being like
0: um built around a star
1: well, no, I was actually gonna well it wasn't really was it built it wasn't built around a star. Well, in the sense that like every episode you have like
0: a star oh, come in and be right. the host. Sorry. Which yes, feels yes. very Aries.
1: Totally. But I was gonna say too, like it being live, it being like in the impulse of the moment.
0: Oh, that's also very true. And being like very topical because it happens every week, which is very Aries.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Um, also the steady cam was introduced for the first time, which I thought was interesting, just again like going back to like film and cinema and TV. I read Steadicam and I was like, that feels a little bit more like Taurus energy because it's steady. But at the end of the day, it's still like a film and it was Jupiter and and Aries.
1: And it was moving, you know, the Steadicam was able to just kind of like- Move almost like a person, you know, like through a space.
0: Totally. Uh, Two assassination attempts on Gerald Ford. So again, just kind of like continuing this theme of violence that can sometimes show up. Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge take over Cambodia. So then we move forwards again, March 2nd, 1987, through March 8th, 1988. I remember it well. Do you? No. Okay. So in Baltimore, the first heart-lung transplant takes place. Wow. That was pretty amazing. Um, another theme that we'll start tracking more and more now is about protest energy, which feels very Aries, um, like fighting for personal rights, and sometimes that being violent. So on June 11th, there were violent protests that... Um, kind of rocked South Korea, but these protests actually in turn led to their adopting of a direct presidential election system. So that's pretty major.
1: Yeah. But even you can tie that back to the previous one of the end of the Vietnam War, which was heavily, I think, involved with protests and stuff. Yeah,
0: 100%. Um, but the Vietnam War lasted like 20 years. So I was like trying to, you know, like I was Googling like big protests during these years to try to find them. And sometimes they showed up within the time frame, and sometimes they didn't. Right. So I really wanted to like just acknowledge the ones that show up when Jupiter is in Aries. And it does seem that for the most part, it is about like personal rights. Um, so in this case, right, it was, it was in South Korea, like the personal rights that we're also experiencing in this current moment against like, not feeling like you have power agency over your own life. Mm-hmm. So until you get to be in a democracy, you feel like if I don't get to vote for who's calling the shots, I don't have power myself. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, two men become the first hot air balloon travelers to cross the Atlantic Ocean July 3rd.
1: Were they sleeping together?
0: Maybe. Maybe they were. Good for them. I just thought it was fun that The Locomotion by Kali Minogue was released in Jupiter and Aries. Because again, it's just like about movement, you know? <laughs> yeah. so it feels very Aries to me. Um, I remember that well. Okay, see, there you go.
1: I think I still have the 45.
0: Do you? I think
1: so. I oh, think we it's in the living it room.
0: room. After this. Uh and you know, Aries is all about, you know, fighting and fucking. So the fact that the first condom advertisement was shown on British television during during Jupiter and Aries seemed resonant to me. hmm Really important in like a more global sphere that I found was that during Jupiter and Aries, Ronald Reagan, who we're not huge fans of here on the Spiritual Gaze podcast, but uh, Ronald Reagan did visit West Berlin. And it was the famous speech where he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Now, the wall did not fall during Jupiter and Aries. It actually fell during Jupiter and Cancer, opposed saturn neptune conjunction in Capricorn, which is wild. I had to look up that chart and it was wild. So just know. But it began in this. Okay, and then the last thing that I thought was interesting, just because Aries is also like sperm energy, fertilizing an egg coming into creation. So there was this very famous trial that went this whole Jupiter and Aries period. It started and it concluded while Jupiter was still in Aries. It was called the Baby M. Surrogacy trial. So there was a baby born through surrogacy by Mary Beth Whitehead, and she was the surrogate. William Stern and his wife found Whitehead through a newspaper ad, And Whitehead, the surrogate, would be inseminated with Stern's sperm, bring the pregnancy to term, and relinquish her parental rights in favor of Stern's wife, Elizabeth. And she initially did relinquish her rights, Aries, and then days later changed her mind, and she kidnapped the baby. Yeah, the surrogate kidnapped the baby back. So then the Sterns sued to become the baby's legal parents, So basically it went back and forth because initially the surrogate, who was the actual rightful mother, it was her egg, was given custody. And then it went to family court and they actually gave it to um, Stern and gave Whitehead visitation rights. Messy, and I'm not uh, a legal expert here, but I did think this was interesting just considering everything that's happening with Roe versus Wade being overturned. And just these questions around birth and parentship and the legality of all of that feels very Jupiter and Aries for some reason. Yeah. I remember it being like a
1: TV mini-series when I was younger. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's like about fun baby M
0: to watch. Okay. So then we move to February twelfth, nineteen ninety-nine through February fourteenth, two thousand, with a with a break from June twenty-eighth, nineteen ninety-nine to October twenty-third, nineteen ninety-nine. And sometimes you literally look to the day that the planet ingresses into the sign to give you an understanding of what's going to happen. And I could not believe when I googled what happened on the day that Jupiter went into Aries on February 12th, 1999, that was the day the five-week impeachment trial of Bill Clinton came to an end. Which I just thought was so interesting because that impeachment trial was also very much informed by sex and sexuality. Right. And the sperm on the dress and, the, you know, it's a, it's all that sort of stuff. Well, and Aries is sperm. <laughs> so that's why I keep bringing it up. Angels making really gross faces. Uh, just keep saying sperm. Um, well, if you're ever wondering, what is Aries energy? It's the sperm hurtling forwards to fertilize the egg. And then it's Taurus. Yes. Taurus is that fertilization. Right. All right. Also, uh, Backstreet Boys Millennium came out on May 18th, which I thought was very Jupiter and Aries. I wanted that away. Do you think they were talking about sperm? Maybe. (laughs) It's a lot of sperms. (laughs) Um, Also, a lot of things were announced in this Jupiter and Aries cycle. Bluetooth was announced, the initial release of Napster and MySpace. Apple releases the first iBook. Oh, wow. George W. Bush announced his intention to seek the Republican Party's nomination for the president of the United States. A lot of things happening, getting set in motion for larger cycles to come. And Y2K, which was very Aries, like we all freaked out about something that didn't happen, right? So like we all had the confidence something was going to happen and it didn't. I'm going to mispronounce this name, so apologies, but Tarja Holonen is elected the first Finnish female president So I was like, there's a first, Jupiter and Aries. America Online announced an agreement to buy Time Warner for $162 billion, becoming the largest ever corporate merger. Um, And then there's also some major protest energy that happened. um, In 1999, the Seattle World Trade Organization protests, sometimes referred to as the Battle of Seattle. And this uh, was all about going against globalization right which makes a lot of sense as well like i need to be independent and kind of taking power back from the banks yeah yeah okay then we move to the last one the last time yeah and honestly i was so sure that the occupy wall street movement was going to be happening during this time and it actually didn't it happened uh jupiter moved into taurus on june 5th 2011 and those happened in september and I was like, oh, I guess Occupy Wall Street with Jupiter and Taurus makes sense because it's about like money and values. But I was like, oh, I could have sworn it was going to be Jupiter and Aries. Um. All right. So this last cycle, we had Fukushima. So that feels pretty Jupiter and Aries. Oh
1: my gosh, yeah.
0: Especially if we think about Jupiter as ruling Pisces. So there's like an ocean element. And I will say, I was expecting to see like more fires during Jupiter and Aries cycles. And what I actually saw were more floods which I think goes back to Jupiter ruling Pisces and this water element. Right. So yeah, we kind of all know about Fukushima, which was an underwater earthquake with a magnitude of 9.0. And, you know, it created a disaster that we're kind of still dealing with today. Also like poisoning the oceans with all that nuclear waste. Very interesting that that's kind of connected. We also had U.S. combat operations in Iraq end. So Obama declared on August 31st that U.S. combat operations in the country had drawn to a close. But most interesting to me, looking through a Jupiter-and-Aries lens, was the Arab Spring. Yeah. and So many uprisings. So many uprisings. Now, they actually started when Jupiter was in Pisces. So the first uprising of the Arab Spring was December 17th, and Jupiter wouldn't go into Aries until January 22nd. But on January 25th was... The Egyptian Revolution, and there were 2 million people in Cairo's Tahir Square, and this toppled Mubarak's presidency. And the causes for this revolution were police brutality, food price rises, low wages, things we are literally grappling with today, right now.
1: Yeah, in America.
0: Yeah. Um, And then also something that felt very Jupiter and Aries and Angel, I know you'll like this. Lady Gaga's Born This Way was released. (laughs) Right. Which, you know, Lady Gaga is an Aries. Yeah. And Born This Way feels like a very Jupiter and Aries anthem. Oh my
1: gosh, completely.
0: And it really was like an anthem of the moment. It was everywhere. So here we are now in our latest cycle, May 10th, 2022 through October 29th and then again December 21st through May 17th, 2023. I thought it was really interesting just like this past weekend that we had all of these pro-choice protests happening, over 300 of them, which feels very Jupiter and Aries, people taking to the streets. I also just looked at some of the top headlines for May 11th because Jupiter didn't go into Aries until like later in the day on May 10th. So I figured, okay, like let's wake up the, full, the first full day and here's some of the headlines that I pulled. Fed confronts why it may have acted too slowly on inflation. I mean, we know inflation is a very Pisces attribute, especially with Jupiter-Neptune. They kind of create hype, which is really what inflation is. And so I thought somebody accusing somebody of acting too slowly feels very Aries. Like, you're moving too slow, buddy. Uh, Cases of unruly passengers on airplanes are soaring. I mean, Aries love to fight. So I was like, yep, that tracks. Uh, FDA authorizes the pfizer Biotech vaccine for children 12 to 15. This also felt very Jupiter and Aries because Aries rules children in a lot of ways because it's the first sign of the Zodiac. But then also, um, you know, just like tracking Jupiter as optimism and expansion and new solutions to problems. Mm -hmm. So, And we know that the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction was what brought us the vaccine back when that happened in December of 2020. Yeah. So I just thought those were very Jupiter and Aries headlines on the first day of Jupiter and Aries. I mean, I think
1: we can expect to see some more revolution-like energy, some more protest-like energy.
0: Yeah. Oh, but you was going to say, I didn't write this down, but I remember reading it, was that George Michael's Faith was the number one song the year that Jupiter was in Aries back in the 80s. Well, there you go. And you were talking about Jupiter as being Faith.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm going to listen to that. Such a good album. Ideally, we'll have some fucking great anthem come out. Yeah, here's hoping. During this time, I'm yeah. looking at you, Gogs. It ain't hold my hand. I mean, it's a great song. <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, but it's it's not the anthem for the times. But no. I'm expecting one. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it.
0: Um, other top songs going back to the like '90s period when Jupiter was in Aries: "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" mm. and "Believe" <laughs> by Cher.
1: Oh, there you go. Do you faith believe and in life
0: after love, right?
1: Oh my God, how funny. Faith and belief.
0: I know that. It's so wild. There you go. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, somebody needs to record a song called Faith and Belief. <laughs> faith and Belief.
0: Believe in Faith. That's not a good song title. Faith and Belief.
1: The new hit song.
0: All right. Let's do a rapid fire Jupiter through the houses. So here's what you want to do. You want to look at your birth chart. And you want to find out where is Aries, because that's where Jupiter is going to be starting to move through. It's only going to get up to eight degrees, and then it's going to back off, and then we'll go through the last 22 degrees, you know, at the end of this year and into early next year. But this is the house that Jupiter wants to grow for you, assert some optimism, some confidence. It's a place where you can really start to shine and take up space. So yeah, so if you have Jupiter
1: moving through your first house, it's very much an expansion of identity, of who you are, of the things that define me. You know, like I am this and seeing it expand. So using this as a time to really commit to, you know, the identifiers of your life.
0: And this is me personally. And I'm certainly feeling that coming out as non-binary and exploring how I want to present in the world with my gender expression. This feels very Jupiter in the first house. So there you go. All right, Jupiter in the second. Your values, your money, your resources. It's a time when you might find yourself super busy making money, getting down to work. It's also a time when you might want to be spending as well. So watch that, you know, what's coming in is more than what's going out.
1: Right. Jupiter in the third is an expansion of ideas, of communication, of opinions. So you may find yourself really opinionated about things, but it's also an expansion of mentality. So it's a really important time to be aware of your mentality because if you've been living with an old mentality for too long, it's only going to grow bigger.
0: Yeah. And people that are born with Jupiter in the third house generally are pretty prolific in terms of like their writing or their speaking or their communication. So it's a time for you to really start to like put pen to paper or put, you know, voice to what's been in your head for a long time. In the fourth house, Jupiter wants to expand your past, your home, your family. So this is really about the roots of your soul. And this is a hidden Jupiter to some extent, uh, because it's happening where not a lot of people can see it in the public eye. And so you might find that with Jupiter in this house, you want to expand the hidden and the unseen. You want to expand your time at home or with loved ones or family. And that's a beautiful place to be.
1: You might just want a bigger house, too, or a bigger space. So it's a good time to do it. Uh, With Jupiter in the 5th, an expansion of creativity. So really just dive into any um, creative pursuits that you have. Uh, Also, kids. So um, if kids are something that you have been looking
0: into... Watch out, because they're ready to come through. And all the things that kids represent, pleasure and joy and exuberance, having Jupiter in the fifth house can give you that childlike perspective that you might need to infuse your life with more joy and optimism. Yes. That's also what creativity does, so even if you're not a creative by profession, it's time to explore it as a means of communicating more deeply with your soul. Through the sixth, Your work, honey. It's time for your work to expand. It's time to get busy again. And this is the work that you do every day. It's also connected to your body and your habits. And so Jupiter in the sixth is time to really get disciplined with what you're eating and how you're moving your body and how you're organizing the day-to-day aspects of your life.
1: And then Jupiter in the seventh is an expansion of your relationships. So really being able to uh, connect with folks in a bigger way. Um, finding new relationships coming into your life that really reflect your identity now and who you want to be now.
0: Yeah, especially with Aries as the ruler of your seventh house, it's about asserting yourself in your relationships and making sure that you're finding yourself in one-on-one relationships, intimate, sexual, and otherwise, with teachers and students and bosses and friends that really allow you to assert your authenticity.
1: Yeah, some sexy people.
0: Speaking of sexy people...
1: Then you have Jupiter in the eighth, which is an expansion of all the things we're not supposed to talk about. So your sex life, your bank account, your therapy bills.
0: Yeah, the eighth house is where we hide the skeletons in our closet. And so when Jupiter's there, it really wants to take them out into the light so that you can grow through them. So important for you to start to like own your shadow and your shame if you're working with Jupiter and Aries in the eighth house. Exactly. In the ninth house, it's all about being a leader in your education, in your beliefs, in your philosophies. It's also about travel. I mean, Jupiter and Aries wants us to take trips, wants us to go places and have new experiences and then worry about how we're going to pay for it later. So in the ninth house, just be aware that that's something you're going to feel compelled to do.
1: Yeah. As well as just like, you know, taking courses and things that you're interested in you know it's all about education and and learning so allow yourself to take part in anything that helps to expand yourself
0: jupiter in the 10th house is all about the most public sector of your life so this is career this is legacy this is you on the world stage so if jupiter is moving through your 10th house you better take advantage of it honey and get yourself out there because this is a time for you to be recognized
1: and then Jupiter in the eleventh also just amplifies even more of that because it puts you out into the public space in a bigger way, you know, it wants you to be a part of new groups and organizations, and you know, even like connecting with friends more. Um, but it's really just like there to help amplify uh, your place in the world.
0: Yeah, and in communities as well. So if you have Aries moving through the 11th house with Jupiter there, then this might be about like being a community organizer or a leader or being the person that's visible speaking up for the communities or the unspoken groups. And then in the 12th house, Jupiter is expanding the invisible, expanding the spiritual, the dreams and the past lives and the karma and the poetry and everything that is ephemeral and exotic and numinous. So that's your assignment for the next, you know, year or so as Jupiter moves through Aries. Take a moment and look at your chart, but then also look back 12 years. Look back 24 years and notice what was happening in your personal life that's showing up for you again.
1: Yeah. So that's some Jupiter and Aries business for you. Let us know how it resonates. Now it's time for our tarot card of the episode. Let's get into it and get you all some wisdom.
0: All right, so just take a moment and connect to the cards by listening into the sound of them being shuffled. And just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. So even if you're listening to this 12 years from now, the next time Jupiter moves into Aries, this is the card for you. And so until we meet again, we are going to be working with the four of wands reversed. So the four of wands is a card that signifies success. It shows up when we are ready to receive our progress. And when it's reversed, sometimes it's our unwillingness to notice how far we've come. We are very addicted to reaching. And sometimes you have to acknowledge the goal that's already been reached before you start to dream up a new one. I think this is partially because we live in a capitalist consumerist society that creates things you can actually never achieve so that you keep reaching like an unrealistic ideal of beauty. And the only way you can get there is if you buy these things. But even if you buy those things, you're never going to get there because it doesn't exist. So I think it's important that we understand the things that we really do want to reach for We're reaching within for. What does your soul want? What does your heart want? And what has your soul and your heart already achieved? In so many ways, we've achieved a lot. Even if it's just you feel more grounded, you feel more connected to your intuition, these are things that deserve a moment to celebrate. I also just want to say that the Four of Wands suggests an energetic foundation, a way in which your energy can move out into the world and back into your body in ways that are nourishing and sustainable. And the reversal might be that you are overextending yourself to some degree. So watch that with this Jupiter and Aries energy, there is the tendency to like write a check that you can't cash, you know, to bite off more than you can chew, to run a marathon when you really only can run a half marathon. So just make sure that you are not overextending yourself energetically. And if you do have a lot on your plate and it all does need to get done, then pay attention to the daily things you can do to maintain your energy. What gives you energy and what takes it away?
1: Well, that reading was literally for me, so thank you.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Well, you are an Aries sun, so with Jupiter moving next to your sun, all the messages are for you. <laughs> Thanks
1: for this very special episode. All about me. Um, no, it's all about you all. So, um, you know, we're always here for you. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for
0: engaging with us. Maybe we'll see you this Saturday at Breathwork. Um which is all about resetting your nervous system, which goddess knows we could all use. And on Monday, it's our Gemini season Astro Club, which is gonna be chatty and a good, great time.
1: Yeah, so in case you're listening to this, not the day it comes out, Saturday the 21st is our breathwork. And then uh, the 23rd uh, Monday is our Astro Club. So yeah, join us if you can.
0: As always, we're so grateful to you. If you could take a moment and rate us five stars or leave us a review or share us with a friend, help us grow this beautiful spiritual gaze community.
1: Yeah, don't keep us all to
0: yourself.
1: We're here for everybody.
0: And there's more than enough of us to go around.
1: Yeah, you can find out everything about us at thespiritualgaze.com. And of course, we're on all the socials at thespiritualgaze on Insta and on Facebook, just spiritualgaze on Twitter.
0: And uh, yeah, until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual gate.